How are you Raiders family? Berkey here and welcome to my post-match round 22 review of the Melbourne Storm and I just can't get that smile off my face to be honest with you. Uh, four and a half days after that epic uh, encounter and epic win, um, it really gives you a warm glowing feel about the way we were able to instigate and then overrun the Storm in the end basically with a an absolute powerhouse performance. So look, the rest of the year is now set up beautifully. Um, won't get too much into the next three games. I'll cover that over the next few weeks, obviously, starting with the Manly preview on Saturday. But let's dive into the top 10, okay? Um, so number one, I've gone for from within. From within. What I mean by the script for the weekend was something like all the media and the, and, 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 and the punters and the like. Canberra to go to Melbourne, big game at Amy Park, uh, we'd be thereabouts for 70, maybe 75, stormed to overrun us in the end, win by 6, 8, 10 points, but it was a gallant Canberra effort to get so close. Someone didn't hand that script to the players and certainly didn't hand that script to uh, the supporters. Even at 18-0, when I was watching it and in the lounge room, I still felt we were not playing that badly. Our systems were going really well. Our plays were going very well. A couple of minor errors in the first half, obviously, the two big sin bins. I think there was a Dynamis Louis knock-on close to the line where he overread Aiden Caesar's pass. But other than that, even with those setbacks, we were still playing very well. We were playing very direct. We were playing up speed, up tempo. And the defence was holding very well. Go back and look at the Storm tries. Um, a kick from Munster, which I'll cover shortly around Aiden Caesar's defence. Uh, another unlucky bounce for Nick Kotrick, where he probably obviously should have run in and grabbed the ball instead of putting his foot out to Vunavalu. Um, and the third one then was an Olam flick pass, which I'll cover shortly as well around Aiden's defence. So Melbourne's tries were by no stretch of the no stretch of the imagination outstanding, brilliant attacking play. They sweated off our errors which I covered in my top 10 last week, just certain errors we cannot afford to make against good sides because they pull your pants down. That's what happened with those first three tries. So at 18-0, I still felt very upbeat. At 18-4, I still felt very, very upbeat that we had the points in us and the mechanisms and the play in us to get back and beat the Storm, and that's what happened. So we showed a lot of courage, a lot of grit from within to get over the line. Those things basically are what happens in finals. It's attitude, it's your belief, and it's your powers from within to get up with your teammates and take them for the ride as well. Number two, I've gone for Corey Horsberg. I thought his game on the weekend was brilliant. Um, I think he's sitting 12, 15 NRL games so far in his career. But to take on the vicious headwinds of the Melbourne Storm pack in uh, the Bromwich Twins, uh, Asafa Solomona, Fanukin, and the like was absolutely inspiring. Um, he gritted, he rumbled, he tried to squeeze every inch out of meterage gain that he could to give us the advantage. What he did so very, very well, he played a very vanilla, simplistic game of direct footy, which I'll cover later on, how that's going to help us later on. But the way that he was able to power over the advantage line, his offloads, he's a big rawbone guy. So if he can get an offload away in these types of games where sides play a lot of methodical no-frills football, bad, um, uh, hit it up, hit it up, kick for the corners, 
with an offload out of Corey coming off the bench, especially, it just really gives him. Some, it really, it really gives us some momentum with the way that he's able to hold himself, drag in three or four defenders as he's going down, slip the pass. So it was a monumental effort from Corey on the weekend, absolutely brilliant, and a big, big final series around the corner for him. Number three, I've gone for Bateman on fumes. Um, what I mean was, I'll start with the try assist where Hodzo gave him the 25-metre bullet pass. Bateman actually stumbled left. If you notice the replay, he actually stumbled into the left. The pass to go out the back to CNK was absolutely brilliant. Um, it was flat. It was actually flat and down directly, down towards CNK's hips. He didn't have to move up backwards a metre. If he had to move backwards to catch that pass, that try doesn't get scored because Addo Carr was sweating on an intercept or sweating on a ball and all tackle. So Bateman literally the second half was playing on fumes. Melbourne threw a lot of uh, defence at him. He buckled his leg over about halfway through the second half, was hobbling around for a good five minutes. Uh, he then came back and made some really, really un magnificent telling gritty runs for us on that right edge, which were needed at that stage to get us over the advantage line. Uh, so he, as I said, he was playing on fumes for most of that second half and was absolutely outstanding as well. Big game player, big time player, loves the big moments, and we're going to have plenty of more big moments, Raiders fans, over the next four, six, eight weeks, my friends. And he's going to be in it, in it up to his in it up to his eyeballs. So big game from Bateman. Number four, I've gone from Hodjo, a masterclass in uh, speed out of dummy half, running the ball, um, his passes, his long balls. You can see the game plan on the weekend was not to try and beat Melbourne through the rucks, but his long balls to Caesar, his long balls to Jack, his long balls to Bateman were just crisp and clean. The one to Nick Kotrick he got slightly wrong. I thought he may have felt there was something on a bit wider, which there wasn't. It was too high for Jared, too low for Nick. You can excuse Hodjo for that error. Um, it was one that he'll probably look back and maybe reassess what he will do next time. But it was an absolute masterclass, played all over Cameron Smith. The beauty with Hodjo that brings everyone into the game is he needs the rest of the side going forward with him over the advantage line. So when Hodjo runs, he needs support as either side. If, if our team aren't following him forward, we don't get the game from him that we need. So... Pats on the back to everyone who was playing with him on the weekend that everyone needs to go forward when Hodjo's in that mood and in that roll forward to get us on the front foot. BJ at number five, solid game. First time in 14 weeks going to Melbourne. It's a big place to pack up your kit bag and head away after 14 weeks on the sideline. Nothing outstanding, solid defence, some really good um, BJ runs out of the end zone. He was really grungy and gritty, trying to get as much out of his attack as he could to get us over the advantage line. I'm expecting him to improve more this week. A few more runs, a couple of more offloads. I thought it was a really solid performance. He looked fit. Um, sure, he was probably blown a little bit, but so you would after three and a half months on the sideline. But that was a really important hit out for him to get that under his belt with three games to go. Number six, I've gone for Nickel Clockstat. Um, what I was really thrilled with on the weekend was the way he was able to insert his attack, not so much around the ruck area, but behind Bateman for Rapana's try. Those sorts of plays are going to give us a far more dynamic attack when we need it, instead of him going through the middle or around the play the ball area, by him popping up on either Jared's side, or I think particularly he's going to suit uh, John Bateman's style of play better, 
Bateman does slip a beautiful late ball, as BJ can attest to, as Jared can attest to, as Rapana can attest to. Bateman throws a really great ball on his right side. I think that's going to suit CNK far better running around off of Bateman than on the left side, as well as BJ. So it's really... I think by CNK exploring those options on the weekend, a lot of opposition and defensive coaches leading to the finals will really be on red alert now if he can insert himself in those types of areas. They haven't expected it from him. Uh, a lot of media house saying that he's nowhere near the ball player than Tedesco is, and he's not. But if he can do those sorts of things one or two times a game and we get 12 points from him with a couple of tries, that's all we can ask for him. That's, that's all we can ask of him in those circumstances, and he did that to a T on the weekend. That's exciting for us Raiders fans. If he can explore his attacking options to those areas, it just gives us, as I said, another, another dynamic on our already fantastic attacking repertoire. Number seven, I've gone for the bench. I spoke about Corey Horsberg earlier, but I thought the likes of uh, Louis. Um, of um, Sutton, which I'll cover later on, as well as Bailey late, were really fantastic in their bench performance. People, I'll tell you now, Raiders fans, our bench leading into the finals is as important as our starting side, make no mistake about it. That 20, 25 minute period where sides are now starting to rotate their starting props, their starting second rows and so on with their bench players, we have to match it and double down on it with our bench uh, input. And we really did that on the weekend against a very, very solid Melbourne bench. Make no mistake about it. But the likes of the Roosters and the Rabbitohs um, and Manly have a very, very solid bench rotation. So we need to match it and beat them with our bench players. Number eight, I've gone for Aiden Caesar. Fantastic game. I thought his combinations with Jack... Uh, where he would sweep around right to left and then hit Jack running. I thought our attack looked far smoother with Jack just taking the fall, uh, taking the ball first receiver off Hodjo at dummy half. With Aiden hitting and running straight, then finding Jack, it just held, it just held the right edge of the Melbourne Storm up without him coming in to commit too much because Jack was on the fly. I really love that play. I think that play's very important. Jack's a running 5'8". If Aiden can continue to keep that straight line running before he hits Jack, it's just going to give us far more options. Jack should, Jack, uh, should have really scored two tries on the weekend from the way Aiden played. Um, unlucky not to, but I really thought Aiden's involvement with Jack combining on those combinations was fantastic on the weekend. Just a couple of minor things with Aiden, and by no means am I and by no means am I putting any rubbish on the guy. Three things in particular he's just going to have to really work on between now and the semis because these big games, these times are critical. The first one was the kick across field in the second half where it went way too deep, uh, and Melbourne got a seven sets, uh, um, a, uh, seven, a seven tackle set. The other two were his, were his defensive reads in the first two tries. Uh, by no means, as I said, am I putting any crap on the guy, but... The first one, when Munster was able to step around him, um, Aiden raced up, Munster, um, uh, Munster stepped inside, then put the kick in for Olam. If you're going to rush a guy in defence, you have to take him. You can't afford to miss him because that's what happens. Munster had all the time in the world to either hit a long ball or put a kick in because we were suddenly had Rapana and only BJ left. BJ raced in um, and he couldn't stop it with the kick and they scored a try. The second one, Aiden went for a half intercept on Olam, totally missed everything. Olam got in behind him, the flick passed out to Addo Carr and they scored. 
Uh, those type of things, Aiden just needs to concentrate on. As I said, if you're going to shoot up, you've got to let the guys inside and out know what you're doing because that's what happens. So as I said, certainly not critical of the guy in any way, shape or form, but he just needs to be absolutely watertight with some of those defensive decisions. You'll notice in the replay, if you want to watch it back, he was very upset with himself with his read on Olam, where he beat him before he did the flick pass to Adokar. You could see him in the background punching his fist. He'll learn from it. But then when these big games approach, there's not much room for second chances. Uh, number nine, I've gone direct with speed. What I really liked our game on the weekend, we were playing very directly. We weren't crabbing across field. Put that down to Horsberg and Caesar and Hodjo and Sia and Papali. Those guys really got us on the front foot. Jack as well, especially in the second half, did some really big straight line running. That's how you win finals. That's how you win the speed game, and that's how you win the ruck, by really playing with a lot of momentum directly going forward with players pushing up either side. If we can creep, if we can keep our direct lines with speed going over the next four or five weeks, there's no side close to us with our line speed or our attacking prowess and how threatening we are on the edges. Number 10, I've gone for Ryan Sutton. Out of the game for a couple of weeks, I really loved his game on the weekend. Coming on for Tapani early in the second half, he wasn't really used much as a link man like he usually is when he was playing before he got his calf injury, um, but he took over that Tarpany role of just some really hard, gritty runs into the teeth uh, with no crap. His defence was very solid. This is a guy first year in, in the NRL. If you came from Mars and watched him play, you'd be questioning if, he, if this actually is only his first year of, of, of NRL, the way that he plays, the way, the way he competes, and the way he commits to his task at hand. We won't lose much on the weekend with him not being there for Joe. There'll be a bit of a tweak in relation to, I think, our attacking plays in the early tackles, but I'll cover that in my top 10. But I thought Sutton's performance on the weekend was peak, the way that he applied and the way that he brought that energy from the bench that we needed. So Raiders fans, that's it for my top 10 post-match. An epic win. Fantastic one for the ages. It's only two points, though, if you want to look at it that way. Big game this week against Manly into Cronulla, then into the Warriors to finish off our season. Uh, I'll, I'll do my top 10 preview on Saturday. So guys, as always, I really, I really love your love on my Berkey's top 10 Facebook page. Twitter's humming along. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Berkey's Top 10, as well as all your favourite podcasts as well, guys. And as always, this is Berkey, Bleed Green, out.